time, we are blessed to have our second. I have good news. Jesus Christ is coming to this earth. And he is going to set up his kingdom. And guess what? We're a part of it. I think that's the most wonderful thing. We're going to be a part of it. I appreciate Reg laying the foundation. This is, I thought maybe he would just take off and just take all of my scriptures, but no, he just laid the, a beautiful foundation. All the ones that I would have probably, if I'd had a long sermon, could have put in there. But I, want to, I want to review just one, a couple of things here because it's important to understand that Christ is going to come just in time because if he doesn't, all flesh will be annihilated. 21 and 22 of Matthew 24. For then shall be great tribulation. And he talked about that. All of the things that are going to happen. Such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Put up number one there, Brian. For those of us who are old enough, and there's a lot of younger ones, but those of us who are old enough and remember where we were on 9-11 and how devastated we were on that day, not knowing, not knowing what was going to happen in the rest of the world and not knowing what was going to occur. And the devastation that, that the, if you're young and you want to find out, just get on the internet, go in, and you can search. And there are a lot of pictures. I just selected one. These are the heroes. <laughs> Ken, you know, Captain Ken over there, he understands what they do. Those are heroes. That guy that's walking through all of that probably died from cancer. Who knows? Maybe he's still alive in this picture. But he was there. And he was walking in that rubble and that devastation. But imagine that all over the world. Imagine that all over the world. In Revelation, the 19th chapter, we find, as Ian said the other day, Jesus Christ coming back powerfully with us on what? <laughs> white horses. I love that. Don't you, like the, don't you love that? White horses. We're going to walk. We're going to come to this earth. And we're going to go up there and then we're going to grab. I hope, they were, I hope they're better than the ones that, that I've ever gotten onto that are real horses. I've had a real tough time with real horses. So in Revelation, the 19th chapter, it says, And I said, I saw heaven open. And then I said, I hope I'm, I'm in the right place where I want to be. And we'll get over to my notes, so I'll be there. Yeah, beginning in verse 11. And I said, I saw 
heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had the name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses. Wow. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what it's going to be like to be a part of that? To be a part of all of those, uh, that army that, that's going to come down to this earth and stop the wars that are going to be going on. Come to Ian's Bible study and talk, he'll, he's going to talk about those wars that are going to be going on in Jerusalem. And it's, it's <coughs> I'm 72 years old, and I can't remember a time in which there hasn't been some war going on somewhere. And for all of us that are here, and especially some of you, you that are older, maybe even remember uh, the Korean War. Maybe, I don't know if we've got anybody that goes back far enough to remember World War II. I came along uh, while Eisenhower was president, so I only remember snippets of the Korean War, uh, my, my half-brother was actually a part of it. He came back in his, in his uniform, and I remember that pretty vividly. That's about the only thing that I remember uh, of that particular era, and that and uh, the president making uh, conversations on the, on the three stations that we had at that time, ABC, NBC, and CBS. That was it. Well, NPR, you know, the public radio. Uh, public uh, television. And that was it. But this is going to be a powerful thing. A powerful thing. Christ is going to return. Everybody's going to see him and see us. The good news. The kingdom of God is coming to the earth. Clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. That with it he should smite the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron as he treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And so we see he's going to come back in power and we will be with him if we're faithful to the end. Let's turn to Isaiah, the second chapter. We've talked about this many times, but it's also a very good time during the feast to talk about the setting up of this kingdom and how that God is going to rule over all the nations. And I just want to read that one verse. It shall come to pass the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it, or flow, uh, shall uh, flow to it. And so we know that this is going to be the theocratic kingdom. It's going to be all governments will be under the God government. There won't be any, there won't be any other governments. It will be under one umbrella. But, look, nations will still exist. And, I, and it's hard for sometimes for us to, to realize that there is going to still be nations and Reg made this point, and it's very good, because we know that things are going to, going to have to have 
people on the earth to have a kingdom. There's going to have to be a remnant of people on the earth to even have the kingdom of God. And so we see that when we look in, in, in chapter 11 of Isaiah, and as, as Reg said, Isaiah is so full of tremendous things, interesting, powerful things. But I want to be on the positive side today about what, what's going to happen. Because once these wars are over, once this, this is happening, and the kingdom is set up, as he mentioned, we're going to be at work. We're going to be working. We got a, we've got things we're going to have to do because this world is going to be in a tremendous um, turmoil. And people, you think about what, what's happening now with the COVID-19 thing, and especially isolation, being isolated in homes and things. Look at all the heart attacks. And, and this, is, this is not what's going to happen in the future. This is something somewhat minor, but yet it, it's affecting the world. But imagine if, if this destruction was all over the world. And you had isolated people in different parts of the world with all the different conditions. You could not, if you could not get insulin, which it has to be um, in, in a, uh, you know, I think it's supposed to be refrigerated and protected, you're going to lose a lot of people very, very quickly. Heart attacks because of the PTSD. You could talk about PTSD all day long because that's going to happen to people. They're going to be traumatized. And we're going to have to help with that. So let's look here at what says in chapter 11 and verse 10. And it shall come to pass in that day the Lord shall set his hand... Wait a minute. I want to... Um, this is not the one. Uh, I want to go to, to verse, ten, uh, verse 10. I want, to, I want verse 10 first. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To, to it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. The word ensign is actually... Um, it, it can mean rallying flag. It can mean a banner. And it has um, a, a lot of meaning for you and I today in the, in the United States that we live in. Put number two up. Um, Brian, number two. This is an ensign. It's a, a flag. And it's something that the United States has had for a very long time since it was inception. Uh, I, I guess uh, there was a little lady that sat and actually sewed the first flag with 13 stars on it. And, um, and so we, this is, this is our national flag. All other flags, and if you go and look at the Oklahoma flag, and all the states have flags also, the Oklahoma flag sits underneath it. So this is something that represents the United States. All over the world, there are many different flags for many different nations and many different states. In the day coming, in the kingdom of God, that Jesus Christ 
will be the ensign. I don't know how he will represent himself, whether he will have some symbol or whatever, or just the word, because that's what we do today. We speak the word. We speak the word of God. And that's how we get it across. Jesus Christ is on the earth. He is here. He is bringing peace and safety to all of mankind. All wars are ended when Christ returns. Let's go to Hebrews, the seventh chapter. The name that he has is fairly interesting. In fact, he has many names, but this is the one that I've always been a little bit fascinated with. It's a powerful, I think it's a very powerful name because Hebrews, the seventh chapter, if I can get there, I always like to, and, and just this couple of verses here, beginning in verse 21. And those priests that were made of an, of an oath, uh, out of an oath, uh, for those priests were made out of an oath, but this with an oath by him that said to him, The Lord swore and will not repent. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. I, I thought, well, Melchizedek, that's an, interesting, that's an interesting word. And of course, you can go back into Genesis and find out where that, that individual was. But I, wanted to, I went in and I looked, and it's actually two words. The, the word Melchizedek is a combination of two words. Um, Melodek, which means king, and Kizedek, which means um, righteousness. So interestingly enough, Jesus Christ is king of righteousness. It also can mean just, or justice, or justifier. So he's king of just, king of justifier. It, it, these, that priesthood is a proper and right priesthood for Jesus on the earth because he is going to be a priest. He, we need a true and wonderful and loving and merciful priesthood who will bring peace, tranquility, and goodness to this earth. And of course, we also have that revelation. We will be priests. I don't know whether we're going to be a, a part of that particular priesthood, but it does say that Jesus says in verse 5 of Revelation 1, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, to him that loves us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And amen. Because this is our hope. This is what we look forward to. We are going to be a part of what Jesus Christ is doing on this earth. We, he will give us instructions. He will say, go here, go there, teach, tell people about us, tell the world about what's going on. People in parts of the world, in islands and isolated parts of the world, are going to be traumatized. We're going to have to help, aren't we? We're going to have to reach out to those poor people out there in the hinterlands 
and we're going to have to help them out. Revelation 2 and 26. We'll also have rulership. Ian went over a lot of these here, but I wanted to really emphasize the fact that we will have rulership also. Revelation 2, 26. And he that overcomes and keeps my works to the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of the potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my Father. So we will have also the power to, to help people. <laughs> and if they're a little bit on the naughty side, maybe we might have to correct them a little bit. To bring them to understand that what is being brought to the earth is goodness and righteousness and peace and all of those other things that, that have been a part of life and, and made people uh, with all kinds of problems are, are going to go away. I think as Jesus gave his disciples the power over different things and the power to heal and, the, and of course Satan's going to be locked away during that time so we won't have a problem with that but we'll still have people that are sick and, and needing um, healing. We'll, we'll have people that are, that are mentally and emotionally depressed and they will need someone to help them out. Will we be able to lay our hands on someone and pray for them and instantly they shall be healed? Their mental problems shall be removed. There's a very powerful, it's almost hard to talk about it, in the chosen. Where Mary is demon-possessed, and she is just, you know, ostracized, taken advantage of, all kinds of things are happening to her. And right at the end, Jesus says, I've chosen you. You're chosen. And he grabs a hold of her. And she changes. All of us who've had Jesus into our hearts understand that. It changes us. When the Holy Spirit is given to us, it changes us. When Christ comes in and the Father comes in and dwells in us, it changes us. I think we're going to be able to to do that over and over and over again because Christ is going to say, go out. Go out and help this world. Please go out and help this world out of the sickness that it's in. And it will be sick. Definitely. In Isaiah, the 11th chapter, Back to that. Here on the earth will be set up. And in verse 11 it says, And it shall come to pass in that day, verse 11 through 16, that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the rem remnant of his people. which shall be left from Assyria, from Egypt, 
from Pathros, from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, from the islands of the sea, all over the world, from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations, and assemble the outcasts of Israel, and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. The envy also of Ephraim shall depart. The adversaries of Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Judah, and Judah shall not vex Ephraim. And in fact, other places in the scriptures it says, the two shall come together, and they shall be one. Remember, Jesus told his disciples, you shall rule over the twelve tribes of Israel. You shall rule over them. And so the only way that you can rule over twelve tribes of Israel during that time is to bring them in. And so what does God do? He says, but they shall fly upon the shoulders of the Philistines towards the west, and they shall spoil them to the east together. And they shall lay their hand upon Edom and Moab, and the children of Ammon shall obey them. And the Lord shall utterly destroy the tongue of the Egyptian sea. And with his mighty, hand, mighty wind shall he uh, shake his hand over the river, and shall smite it to seven streams, and make men to go over dry shod. And there shall be a highway for the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria uh, uh, like as it was to Israel in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. It's very possible that all of the fine things that we understand today, the electricity, the light bulb, the gas, you know, for keeping us warm and all of that, all of that infrastructure could be destroyed. All of that that's, that that's out there could be completely and totally destroyed. And you're living back in the <laughs> days in which men had to, um, to live on the land, live off the land. But what if there's nothing to live off of? What if all of that is also destroyed? What if there's no, <laughs> we found the COVID-19 thing, what it did do. First thing that disappeared was toilet paper and paper towels. I got the I got the scratch in my head. Now, this is a virus. This is not unless you're <laughs> not unless it's really a problem. <laughs> Do you need that much toilet paper and paper towels? But anyway, <laughs> um, it's kind of a of a joke for me. But I I guess people thought that it's going to be an extremely long time before they ever get anything back. Uh, anyway. Uh, but really, in that day, when all of this comes about, and Christ returns just in time, so that all flesh will not be destroyed, can we understand that we might not have the kind of infrastructure and different things, and a lot of stuff is going to be destroyed, and that you and I will maybe have to go out and help these people, and bring them along. He says, you're an Israelite, you come with me. Oh, you're of the tribe of Issachar. I didn't know that. How do you know that? I know you, you know, because Christ is going to give us that information. We're going to go out, we're going to find these people. We're going to say, you're going to Jerusalem. Oh, I wish I wanted to go to Jerusalem. 
Well, that's where you're going. <laughs> you're going to be there, and you're going to be the beginning of the kingdom of God in Jerusalem because God will begin to rule there. Rulership. That's, I think that's one of the most wonderful things to understand. <laughs> As we watch the politics of today, I think all of us really pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, I think this United States is the best thing that the rest of the world, and like many have said, where else are you going to go in this world? All of it is turning so, so far uh, to socialism and communism and all of that. Where are you going to go if this United States fails? What we're to pray is that we have peace so that we can preach the good news of the kingdom of God. Especially before that, that terrible day comes. We need to be preaching it and continuing to preach it and continuing to be able to preach it and praying for the peace so that we can preach the, the gospel message of the kingdom of God coming to this earth. Of Jesus Christ as that ensign that will be set up and everyone will look to Him. In Zechariah 14, we read it several times during the feast, and I know it will be read many more times, but it's very important to understand how this is, um, how, how God is going to uh, bring about certain things. And I'm not going to read all of it, I'm just going to read a couple of verses, 16 uh, through 18, three verses here. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. You are... <laughs> we're, the, um, we're the groundbreakers. We're, we're the ones that God has shown that this is the way. This is the truth. This is what's going to happen. And all nations and all peoples are one of these days going to have to come and keep the Feast of Tabernacles. And it shall be that whosoever will not come up of all the families of the earth to Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, even unto them shall no reign. Well, God has a, a, <laughs> he has a repertoire of different plagues and different things that he can send out if there is a refusal to come to the Feast of Tabernacles. It is so important, especially in the eyes of Jesus Christ during that time, to bring people in to Jerusalem. Now, maybe just like it says in there, there'll be representatives. Maybe not everyone can make it to Jerusalem, and I don't know how that he will set it up and how the world will look, Maybe it'll just be representative, but the, if, if Egypt does not come, and if the family of Egypt do not go up and come not, that have no rain, there shall be a plague, wherewith the Lord shall smite the heathen that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Takes it very seriously. And I think he takes it seriously today. And I think you are blessed, and I am blessed, because we're here. And we're worshiping God on his days. 
during the Feast of Tabernacles. And it's a wonderful time and a wonderful blessing to be a part of this. In Isaiah 2, verse 3, we've read that many, many times also. Education. Well, maybe I got Isaiah 2, verse 3 somewhere in here. I know I do. Um, yeah, and I want to, and, and many people shall go. Well, they're going to be commanded on the, for the Feast of Tabernacles, but I think there'll be other people because the gospel message, the good news message that Jesus Christ is in Jerusalem, at least maybe there's nations that, you know, are, are going to be able to, to, to thrive and prosper. And because Jesus Christ is in Jerusalem, people are going to say, hey, Look, come you and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob, and he'll teach us. Then they'll want to be taught. <laughs> Today, well, I don't hear anything about that. I don't hear anything about the Feast of Tabernacles. I, you know, I'm, I'm very happy with what I, I believe. He will teach us of his ways, and we'll walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and out of the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So if we'll go get our instructions. Christ will say, hey, this is what I want you to preach to them. Right out of the word of God. Here's what I want you to preach. Please, go out. Tell them this is what they need to be doing. Tell them. Melchizedek. The King of kings and the Lord of lords is in Jerusalem. Tell them the truth, the word. Bring this message to them. And we'll see also something quite interesting. Because in Isaiah, the 11th chapter, I think we have a picture of a loving and kind but a wise ruler. Back to 11, and it says... There shall come, come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall go forth from his roots. So we understand the Christ's first coming. They should have understood this, that it was his first coming, that he was there, that this was Jesus Christ, because he was out of Jesse, and he was the branch. And here's what he had when he walked this earth. The Lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom, and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the reverence of the Lord. It says fear, but you know, I, Jesus loved, the Father loved Jesus and Jesus loved the Father. And I, it was reverence that he had for his Father. And he shall make him a quick understanding of the reverence or the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove the, with equity the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. So, we can also see that this was the kind of power, spirit that Jesus had when he was walking the earth. But wouldn't we understand that this is the kind of power and spirit that Jesus would portray 
who all who, were, who would come before him? Wouldn't we see wisdom in Jesus? Of course we would. Wouldn't we see understanding? Great understanding. <laughs> Spiritual understanding of the universe. Counsel. Wouldn't you like to sit at the feet of Jesus and be taught his counsel? I mean, we get it here, but one day we're going to be seeing him real time. And we'll be able to sit like when he was teaching his disciples and the rest of those sitting at the, in the Mount of Olives. Maybe that's where we'll get to sit. You know, the spirit beings, well, he calls us in and he says, I want to teach you today. There's some more I want to teach you. I want to show you my love. I want to show you my, how, how deep my love is for you. And I want to show you also how deep my love is for all who have been created down through the ages and what we're going to do as he begins to explain those things to each and every one of us. And so we will see that Jesus has this kind of um, attitude and, and, and abilities and all of the things because he'll be able to use that to rule the whole world, the whole earth. Let's see where I want to go. Just as a, just as a point of reference, and I got about one more minute here, and I got, I'm almost finished, almost finished. Um, Isaiah the thirtieth chapter, verse nineteen and twenty-one. I, I I love this one, because this is what I think we're going to be doing. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem, and you shall weep no more. Verse, and he and he will be very gracious to you. At the voice of your cry, he shall hear it, and he will answer you. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not your teachers be removed into a corner any more. But your ears shall hear your teachers, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk you in it. When you turn from the right or when you turn from the left. Will we have individuals, especially during that millennial time, that will need help, and especially they will need direction. They will need to know which way to go. I don't, I don't know. I, the whole world is all a mess. I don't know where I'm going to go. What am I going to do? And you say, listen, Jesus loves you. Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. And he is going to bring you into his kingdom. And you are now a part of that. And you are going to grow in grace and knowledge of his way. And I'm going to help you to learn about Jesus Christ. I think that's going to be the way we will be in that day. Let's look now back at Isaiah, the second chapter. One more thing. This is, I love this. I love this with all my heart. Because one day, war is no longer going to be a part of the society that we live in. It's going to be a time in which he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people, verse 4. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation. And this is a key, brethren. They shall not learn war anymore. 
And we have a lot of war colleges to teach war. And we need it, I, I think, especially in the society that we live in. But in the day that Christ returns and the power is there, and we have that power, Christ has that power, and we're going to have them destroy all of those weapons, every weapon, and they'll turn them in to weapons, I mean, to, to things that they can use um, to grow food. <laughs> and I think that's what society will be for quite a while, an agrarian society. Growing food, providing for one another, living in peace, living together in peace, having their own land, living together in peace. I look forward to that day. Let's go back to one more time to Isaiah, the 11th chapter. Six through eight. The wolf shall also uh, shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall down, lie down with the kid. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall feed their young ones, shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp. The weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den, and they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters that cover the sea. Number three. Right, please. This was done by Edward Hicks. His vision of America, in which all of this transpired, and you see the Indians and the pilgrims over there, his vision of peace in America. Well, the vision is not there yet. But one of these days, one of these days, in the kingdom of God, when Jesus Christ comes, we will have this beautiful kind of peace on this earth, brethren. And we, you and I, will be a part of it and bring the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God to all the world and all the nations.